Sometimes it takes a vampire hunter to make you think about your prejudices. You're listening to the VG Thought Commune Podcast. Welcome to the first Commune Podcast. Each month we pick a game and try to play it together. This month, it's Master of Darkness for the Sega Master System, also known as Vampire. But first, let me introduce the communers present for this podcast. First up, there's Shouty. Hello. And, uh, how have you been doing? I'm doing pretty well right now. That's, uh, I guess that's good. Next we got Wario Fan. I hope Hello. so. <laughs> how have you been doing? I've been just peachy. That's, that's keen. <laughs> and, uh, finally we got Zanrio. Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Yeah, something like that. Uh, it's just the world I'm made of, uh, so it doesn't <laughs> matter that much. And, uh, how have you been doing? Well, not good. Alright, looks like we're all doing pretty good. So, uh, before we hit in on Master of Darkness, I thought I'd just, uh, ask a... What's up in your gaming lives recently? Uh, what have we been playing? Um, I guess uh, Shadow, you go first. Um, I've been playing Pokemon Platinum for the Nintendo DS. That one recently. is that's a Diamond and Pearl the third game. Yeah, third version of Diamond and Pearl. Is that is that any good? Uh, I'm mostly just playing it. Uh, after hearing about the hype for Pokemon X and Y. Ah, trying to, uh... It gave you a bit of a taste for Pokemon that you needed to. Yeah, pretty much. Satiate. Uh, Wario fan, have you been playing anything? Oh, yes, I have. I have been enveloped in Persona 4 lately. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you had that? How long have I had it? Yeah, uh, well, gosh, you know, I, I think I got the game in, a 2009, but I didn't start playing seriously until, like, two or three weeks ago. So it's, uh, it's finally aged. Yes. <laughs> like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zan, what about you? Yeah, I've been... I just finished Kirby's Epidore. Oh. What what do you think of it? It's cool. I liked it. It's a bit easy, but those minigames, whatever, they are hard, some of them. There's minigames? Yeah, there's some minigames that you can play and you have to finish them all to get like a hundred percent and get some special ritual and stuff. Are they like the... gold medals on all levels? Yeah, yeah, I got all the medals. Just minigames left. So are the the minigames like the Kirby's Adventure things where you have to, like, don't eat the bombs or something? No, it's like, um, for example, you have to pine all the characters hiding or collect, you know, coin things. They're more like challenges than minigames. Okay. Like, they take the game levels you've played through. You gotta do 
and things. Uh, Return to Return to Dreamland had something similar, didn't it? Like challenge levels. Uh, yeah, but they didn't take placing levels you played for it, and those were centered around using ability. Okay. And in in a, in uh, which had each had a unique obstacle course. Actually, uh, isn't Epic Yarn the first game since the original mod to have an ability? Oh, um, yeah, it is. I, I, I think so. Never, uh, never thought about that. Well, I don't know. I don't think you had abilities in Kirby's Pinball Man, but I don't think we count that. <laughs> nah, he's Ball Kirby. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Isn't Ball everyone's favorite? <laughs> When you look at Master of Darkness in action, it begs to be compared to Castlevania. Let's discuss the prejudices we brought with us when we played Master of Darkness, and whether or not it's productive to hold on to them. Okay, so I guess I uh, may as well get on into the meat and the potatoes of this podcast. Uh, I thought for this episode, we would just talk about, I guess personally, my understanding of Master of Darkness is as a Castlevania ripoff. Is that, like, a, is that the general consensus? Um, I, I think maybe not ripoff, but more like, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess ripoff, but <laughs> sort of like, a, <laughs> but like, uh, to put a positive spin on it, like maybe um, just Sega wants to give uh, a Castlevania type game for the Master System after seeing how well it did on, you know, NES and Konami wasn't doing anything for them on uh, Master System for that, so uh, they fill the void themselves. Okay, I think that's appropriate. Uh, Shouty, do you like? I think it's uh, more inspiring. Iron from Castlevania, not necessarily ripped off. It's almost as if um, Castlevania had uh, spawned a genre, and um, maybe Sega wanted to uh, capitalize on it, as Warren said. So it's uh, it's more like how Alex Kidd takes after Mario, but isn't necessarily Mario himself. Yeah. 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 I guess, uh, and Zan, it sounded like you agreed with that? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I guess personally, I think it's a little too similar not to be considered a ripoff. How there's, I mean, the stairs, that's a pretty big Castlevania thing. Um, but there are plenty of other, like, just slow-paced action games from that, from that era, like, uh, Legendary Axe and, uh, Astian Axe, and probably other games with Axe in the title. Golden Axe? Golden Axe? No, that doesn't count. <laughs> um, so, have we played, like, a classic Castlevania game, Shadi? Oh, I have never played a, a classic Castlevania game. No way, I'm not sure I played Castle, 
Actually, yeah, uh, that's I should have specified. Um, personally, I consider Classic Castlevania to be NA for the eight and sixteen bit. Aside from Super Castlevania, I don't know if that's what. I feel like people generally follow those rules, right? Oh, all right. Then. So I have not played a Classic Castlevania game. Because uh, in Super Castlevania Four, you get the eight-way whip that just kind of cuts through everything. Yeah, it's kind of kind of an evolution of the series. Yeah. Um, Wario fan, what's your Classic Mania experience? I have played the uh, all the NES games I... and uh, the Wii one. Oh yeah, that's that's Classic Mania. Um, have you beaten any of them? I have beaten all of them. Wait. What? Uh, I don't think I beat Castlevania 3. I think I got to the final boss and just sort of gave up. That's, yeah, people typically give up at that point, from what I hear. Uh, Zan, have you played any Classic Mania? Uh, I played like, uh, two minutes of Monster Games. I haven't really played Castlevania much before, but it's... I am planning to play it someday. Someday. Yeah. It's, uh... I've gotten, like, halfway through Castlevania 3, and that's about it for me, so it sounds like Wario fan is the Castlevania expert here. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it seems like, uh... Yeah, we have a wide range of Castlevania experience from, uh... A little too a lot. So this should be interesting. Um, from, from what you've played, how similar is this to Castlevania? Uh, and Shouty could, like, yeah, Shouty, how similar is this to Castlevania? Um, well, from what I've seen, uh, I think it's pretty similar. Except that in Castlevania, you have a whip, and um, you seem to have a, a more variety of. Uh, Secondary weapons, and um, it's like uh, each weapon in Master of Darkness seems to be um, more balanced. Like you have the sword, which is long range, but it doesn't just do as much damage. But you have the axe, which can uh, tear down pretty much any enemy in one hit. But it's yet to be next to any enemy to use it. That's, um, uh, that's an interesting point where it's um. You get to choose what main weapon you have. There isn't always that whip you can rely on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not always upgrading a whip. And, uh, secondary weapons, like projectile weapons, they have their own ammo. Oh, that's right. If you switch weapons, you lose all your ammo. Mm-hmm. So, um, Wario fan, how, how similar would you say Master of Darkness is to Castlevania? <laughs> Um, pretty similar, you know, I, th I think, uh, Shouty already said what I could have said. Okay, so, uh, it didn't make you cringe at any point as someone who's beaten the Castlevania before? No, no, I mean, I, uh, I kind of liked that it was a little bit of an easier challenge, too, you know, actually. Didn't make you want to break your controller? At some points, yeah, but, um... <laughs> 
I, I still liked it for what it was, you know. I guess, uh, and and what was it? Uh, Easy Castlevania on a Sega. Easyvania. Yes, Easyvania. <laughs> and uh, Zan, I guess is this similar to what you heard of Castlevania? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty similar to what I know about it and what I've seen. And yeah, so it's definitely inspired by it. After playing, well, yeah, after having started Master of Darkness, would you say you feel like looking into Castlevania now? Yeah. Yeah, well, I... Yes. Okay, so, uh, it's like, seems like a fun game, then. I guess, uh, everyone else has covered what I could have covered. So you may as well move on to the next part of this well, why question. why don't you add in something anyway? <laughs> um... <laughs> I could add awkward pauses. Oh, all right. All right, done. <laughs> so, the more complicated question, though, is so we've remarked that there are similarities, and maybe this is inspired, maybe it's a ripoff. Um, it's certainly, in some way, related to Castlevania. That's hard to deny. But uh, at one point. Is it unfair to compare Castlevania to Master of Darkness? Um, when we compare Master of Darkness to Castlevania, are we gimping it somehow? Are we, you know, treating it unfairly? Uh, Shouty, do you have any thoughts on the matter? Um, hmm. Uh, maybe the whole vampire theme. Wait, are there even any vampires? Yeah, there are vampires. There's, I think there's Darkness. one, which is just as many as in Castlevania. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird. <clears throat> Vampire quota. So maybe making that comparison is kind of unfair, because at the time, I think that the thematics for classic games were very, uh, weren't unvaried as they are today. Weren't also unvaried? What? Yeah, they weren't they weren't as varied as they are today. Okay. Um also uh going upstairs comparing I think that it's unfair to compare that to Castlevania because I mean I feel like the stairs are sort of a limitation in, in that you can't jump on them or jump well you can jump off them, but uh, the way that they're like Castlevania is a limitation, not necessarily a rip off. So this is um it's just when you only got two buttons and an 8-bit console, you really can't do stairs any other way? Yeah, that's what I think. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, why couldn't you use the stairs from Yoshi's Island? Oh. Eh. Well, aren't those kind of complicated, since Yoshi's always walking on one individual step? Graphically, yeah. I, I would give you that. Um... Although it look it does look like the Master of Darkness guy's foot tends to line up with the stairs pretty nicely. Does he? Uh, I don't know. As a pixel artist, I can definitely see the desync between the steps <laughs> and and the and each step of the stair. Maybe it's just that he only has two frames of animation that gets me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So Wario fan, is it 
unfair to compare Master of Darkness and Castlevania. Uh, is there a point at which we should stop? Um. Uh, yeah, if you're, if you're comparing, like, uh, plot, I suppose. Like, uh, well, I mean, I, I think the general goal is, you know, you're, you're going to kill a vampire, but, like, uh, Master of Darkness has more, like, you know, cutscenes. That's stuff. true. That's... It's almost like Ninja Gaiden. Exactly. And something else about uh, Master of Darkness is, uh, um, it doesn't all take place in the castle. That's true. That you actually, um, Master of Darkness is is kind of cool because you get to explore Victorian era London, which right. really doesn't no, happen it... in video games still. Um, what are the tiny little boats you ride on in the first world called? The what? Rafts. Are those rafts? Or I thought those were those things gondolas? that you see in like Venice. Gondolas. Oh, gondola. Yeah, are those gondolas? And are there gondolas in London? Maybe they're eight bit gondolas. I think they're just boats. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never been to Victorian era tans. That is how you pronounce it, right? Victorian? Uh, what? DeLorean? Yeah, DeLorean era tans. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, Victorian. <laughs> I thought you were suggesting we use a DeLorean to visit Victorian. Maybe we can listen to the next co- podcast. <laughs> Podcasting <laughs> live from the seventeenth, uh, the nineteenth century. We just have to bring internet connection with us. <laughs> no problem, right? Um. So Zan, I guess this is sort of a weird question for you, but is there like, do you think it's possible to malign? Master of Darkness by comparing it to Castlevania? Um, well, I, uh, um, I would say, I'm sure what to say here, um, but I, I guess, I I guess um, it's just hard, I'd, I'd try to say that it's likely it's hard, but I think, uh, I would say it's, I guess a better question might be this. Uh, do you think, like, if you go and play Castlevania now, will you be thinking of Master of Darkness? Um, yeah, I, I think so. With the same style of gameplay and stuff. Um, yeah. Um, it, um, style of the game and stuff. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, game mechanics that cross over, but I feel like, in general, uh, Master of Darkness is kind of faster than Castlevania. Um, like, the cane does an insane amount of damage, uh, so you don't even need the axe. That was a hammer. That's... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a hammer. It's a hammer? Yeah. I guess... It's a, it's a wooden stick with a you know, metal head at the end. What did you call it? I thought it was a, like I thought, thought it was a, a hammer, but then someone on the forum said, "Oh, it's a cane," and I realized, "Oh, it can't be a sledgehammer because the head's too small, right?" I thought it was just like a normal uh, hammer. But then, wouldn't the handle be a whole lot shorter? Not necessarily. Maybe it's a long hammer. <laughs> I I guess yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that hammer seems to do a lot more damage than even the fully powered whip in Castlevania. Hmm. Uh, well, so maybe the Belmont should reconsider their arsenal. This is a good Next point. Next time they go fight Dracula, bring a gun. <laughs> that's uh, uh, that's one of the secondary weapons that Doctor Social has. Is that how you pronounce that? I Doctor Social. I don't know. Is, is, oh, I thought like an odd title for a character. <laughs> Doctor Social. <laughs> he has parties every Sunday. <laughs> um, I th isn't it just spelled S O C I A L? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I just assumed. Uh, maybe that's a nickname that one of his patients gave him. <laughs> he doesn't come up, he doesn't bring the patients inside. He goes out to the waiting room and talks to everybody. <laughs> oh god, it's Dr. Social. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I guess we hit that topic? Um, I, actually, I guess I should ask, is that the sense you guys got from the combat? Like, does it seem a little faster than Castlevania? Uh, Shouty? Um, well, from what, I, what I've seen from videos, um, uh, it seems like it takes a long time to defeat enemies in Castlevania. Whereas in Master of Darkness, it's usually just uh, two or three hits max. Yeah. The Warrior fan? Yeah, um... I'd say the combat was, you know, faster, but, uh, you know, it, it helps that you had a variety of, of weapons, too, you know? If you, if you stick with the, the knife, the it's gonna take a while. What? If you stick with the knife, it's gonna take a while to kill guys. Yeah. Yeah, the knife's no, no, uh, no whip. I have an inspirational poster that says that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a picture of a Master of Darkness zoomed in. Screenshot and it says the knife is no whip. <laughs> That's right. How did you know? I made it. <laughs> that was me. Oh. That's our main topic, but we still have some lingering questions that, that was on my mind. Uh, what do you make of the floating white heads that give you items, Shouty? Um, well, speaking of the knife, I think they're a, a terrible way to store items because you have to be close enough to hit them to get whatever's uh, in the head, but you don't necessarily know what's in the head, so you may end up with a knife and you might not know it. Yeah, I, I'm really cautious around those, I generally give myself plenty of space. Unless it's over a bottomless pit, because that means it's a light. Yeah. Or does it? Okay, it does. <laughs> what? Yeah, I just... Oh, yeah, oh. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Zan, do you, like, do you have trouble with the floating heads? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I, 
they're a bit hard to hit and I just have to try to hit them and hope that what falls on is not just a knife. <laughs> That's always so funny when it is just a knife. I don't even know why the knife is a, is a bow. I didn't pick up. You start out with it, why would you want it again? I think that's just it. I think they did it so as to trick you to, um, you know, power down. That's terrible difficulty. So they're, uh, they're imitating goose and... Go <laughs> ghosts and goblins. Goose and goblins. Goose and goblins. But, hey, uh, that is something that game does, just sticks you with items you don't want. Mm. New, yeah. new secret, geese and gambles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've often this time, they get the knife right before a boss fight, that's the last oh. hit before a boss fight, and then the boss comes up and, like, oh. Um, <laughs> Has that happened? That is a problem. Yeah, it's a, it especially happens in the final boss. Oh it's no! Like, there's a floating head, and if you if you're not careful about it, you'll end up getting a knife. Maybe you get the good ending that way. I, I think <laughs> it did teach me to be patient with uh, what comes out of the head first. You know, just just stand there and see what comes out before you know barging through. Be patient about receiving gifts. Yes. Don't look a floating face in the mouth. <laughs> Well, I don't um, think they'd look at any floating faces. <laughs> That's just um, not a thing I generally do. Something about the floating faces, I, I'm not, you know, uh, I did play through most of the classic Castlevanias, but my memory on this is kind of fuzzy. But I think the floating faces always guaranteed a certain item would come out of them. Yeah. And I think that it was, um, in Castlevania, it's usually a little more random than that, right? I think if you ha like, if you have an, a fully upgraded whip that turns into a heart, but I don't think it goes beyond that. Like uh, all the item placements are the same, right? Secondary weapon placements. All the item placements in Master Darkness are the same. They're not random. Yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking of you know newer Castlevanias, but I forget if old Castlevanias had fixed item spaces or not. I think they were semi-fixed. Somewhere, somewhere. Um, actually, uh, speaking of Castlevania, one thing I like is that in Rondo of Blood, and I think in Rondo of Blood, but at least in Symphony of the Night, um, when you pick up a secondary weapon, you poop out the one you're already carrying, so you can just go and pick it up again. Hmm. So that would have been helpful for Master of Darkness. Yes. That runs up Kirby. Yeah. It does? Yeah, because you have to... If you have power already, you have to remove it. Right, to pick up another one. But oh, yeah. It can still be a star. They can go back and get that. Huh. If you have any second, uh, second guesses. The only caveat there is that if you take a power, that the star you spit out disappears, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well... I think if Kirby's return to Dreamland, um, it flickers a bit, then it disappears. Yeah. Okay.
Golem. Yes. At the beginning of the podcast, Shouty said he played Castlevania 4, and he said that didn't count as classic Mania, right? Yeah. I stand by that. So, you know how people usually group it as classic Vania and Metroidvania? Um, I, well, in that sense, Super Castlevania the fourth would be classic Vania. Right, so I was wondering where, where you would group it. I think it's outside of either. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't fit either mold. You think it exists outside the ether? Uh... <laughs> But yeah, it's um Super Castlevania Four has a much bigger focus on aesthetics than than the uh, the tightly paced uh, combat. I think. I think in that respect, is a combination of both. Then. Well, like, I can understand this. You know what? Like Shouty has Mondo. a. I mean, sorry to interrupt, but Shouty does have kind of a point in that uh, the Symphony of the Night thing is. They are kind of more about aesthetics than combat. Mm-hmm. Well, at first at least, but then they, by Ecclesia they got kind of brutal. Um, but you were going to say, Mario Fan? Oh, well, like, I could understand if you had trouble classifying, like, Rondo was, you know? Because that sort of has, like, lots of elements of both types. Uh, actually, I, I, I see it as, like, transition. Uh, well, okay. Just before, what? Um, I think transition makes sense. But you don't think Rondo of Blood is, like, very Classicvania? Um, I think it's got elements of Classicvania and elements of Metroidvania. Because, like, you got... Well, I suppose Castlevania 3 had multiple paths, too, didn't it? Uh, yeah. And uh, you have multiple characters, but that's in 3 as well. Oh, then. And then, uh, Dracula X... Is just way old school. That's... I never played Dracula. Is that like Rondo of Blood without the stage choices? Um, I think it shares assets with Rondo of Blood, but the gameplay is much rougher. Like it's oh. it's just a balls to walls. I don't think any of the bosses are the same, but it, I haven't gotten too far in Dracula. Yet. So, so what is it about Castlevania Four that makes it so? The, the combat feels so different. Um, not, I mean, and a large part of that is the control you get over the whip, the power you have with the whip. Oh. Um, I don't like that Ego Raptor thinks Castlevania Four is a pile of poop, but uh, his commentary isn't without merit. That there is like a. What are you saying? He said that um, the whip basically ruins Castlevania Four, that it makes sub weapons useless, yeah, and there is some truth to that. Um, hmm. And he says that makes it a bad game. I say it makes it a different game. I don't think it ruins the sub weapons. Like I found uh, use in the sub weapons, even though I had master over the whip. But uh, like what? Like which sub weapon? Um, I don't know. There's a timer. Yeah, you really can't do that with a whip, can you? (laughs) No, you can't stop time with a whip. (laughs) I mean, you can break the sound barrier with it, but you can't stop time. (laughs) Can you do a sonic boom with your whip? (laughs) I mean, technically, all cracks of the whip are sonic boom. Oh, really? Yeah. The more you know. But, um, but, um, 
there's also some long range weapons like uh, you know the cross. Um, like I think that I think that uh, the second year weapons are just good if they're long range or or just special like the timer. The a part of Ego Raptor's point is that the whip is so long that stuff like the knife don't really make a difference. Hey, you do kind of cover half the screen, right? Do you? Uh, it seems pretty big. I don't remember that being at large. Maybe I was too uh, skittish to get close to an enemy to use the whip. <laughs> Maybe I'm playing too much Mega Man 7. <laughs> well, why would Mega Man 7 have to do with it? Uh, I, I feel like Mega Man 7 is the poster child for big SNES games. Oh. Hmm. That was long to the past. Oh well. <laughs> After the podcast, Wario Fan and I had a chat. He made the point that Castlevania 2 is another weird one. Even though we said Super Castlevania 4 and Rondo of Blood were kind of transitional games between classic and Metroid-inspired Castlevanias, Castlevania 2 takes the cake. It has a contiguous world where you can freely roam from one point to any other, but it still has quote-unquote levels in the form of dungeons. Anyway, up next, we've got a quote that makes us consider the role of stress in video games. I just wanted to hit one more topic. Uh, this doesn't have to do with Master of Darkness at all. This is just uh, what's going on in the world around us. Um, so this past week, Gamasutra interviewed Adam Saltzman. And if you don't know who he is, he's the creator of Cannibal. Have we all played Cannibal? Oh, yes. i played it. No, I haven't. I'm not even familiar with it. And uh, Zan, have you played it? It's... Uh, Warrior fan, do you want to tell him what it is, or should I? It's um, it's one of those endless runner types, except uh, it it it's really endless. It's procedurally generated. Yeah. Mm. Um, you're, and you're just, running around on rooftops. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's like eight bit, uh, but you. Oh, still... that is it all black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, that. That's a flash. Right. It, that's back when they didn't have uh, color cameras. <laughs> I didn't know people shot their video games. Yeah, you got to get the footage somewhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Just reluctantly accept that fact, Shadi. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam Saltzman, uh, when he was interviewed, said this, and I quote, Randomness, when used correctly, gets you in this crisis management state of mind. This can be really stressful in real life, but it's kind of exhilarating and fun in games. Um, Shouty, is this something you experience? Um, yeah, I think do at least. <laughs> but um, uh, that sense of anxiety and, and panic that you speak of kind of reminds me of uh, the timer in, in Pikmin and how it's causes a controversy. Uh, when Miyamoto revealed that Pikmin 3 is going to have a time limit. 
And I think, but I think that the time of it helps to manage your time better and create that sense of anxiety. Yeah, Pikmin's kind of a laid-back game if you don't have that timer there. Yeah, and it bothers me because in Pikmin 2, I feel like the plot also has uh, the ability to give a time limit since, you know, you're in debt. But um, when you play through Pikmin 2, and you don't do anything for one particular day, uh, all Alamar will note in his log that he hasn't done anything. Or he'll get an email from a, a family member or, or his boss that isn't very productive. What, what does his family know about what he's doing? Is he sending back, <laughs> like, today I picked up a... No, oh, no, <laughs> you get emails from your family Yeah, throughout the game. Well, you get emails from Alamar's family. Oh, not my real family. <laughs> Not your yes. I don't know. Maybe your family is emailing you about how you're playing Pikmin too. Um. Anyway, so, I th I just I just think that yeah, so has some validity to it. So you uh, stress is something you look for in games and something you appreciate. Yeah. Well, not something I look for, but it, I do appreciate it. Um, Warrior fan, what do you think? Like. Do you appreciate stress in games? Do I appreciate stress? Yes. Oh, boy, that, uh, that really depends, I think. I don't know. Um, this question stressing uh, you out? Persona 4 kind of has that. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, you, you got you got a certain time limit within the game to, uh, to beat a dungeon. Uh, like, uh, the time limit is, is in days. Calendar days. Is this so, real uh, world days? Huh? Is this real world days? No, no, in game, in game. Okay. Days go by fast in those games. So like if, if you don't manage to beat a dungeon by a certain date, then, uh, you lost. So you just gotta start the dungeon over? Yeah, I, I think I heard that if you lose it warps you back to, uh, to the first day of that dungeon being available. I'm I'm not sure about this. So this isn't something you've experienced personally. No, no. Actually, I've been managing it real well, but uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping you know maybe you know Pikmin three doesn't do that where like if 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 you don't beat a planet or whatever by the next foggy day somebody dies you know that would be horrible. <laughs> somebody dies. <laughs> you have been chosen <laughs> off the island. Different survivor. <laughs> so, uh, Zan, is there like any game that stands out to you as a as a game that got you in a crisis management state of mind? Uh, okay. Uh, the, the closest um, I've been is like when when uh, the times we have to run now tomorrow. <laughs> I've just guessed it all as fast as I can. Mario has a time limit. Yeah. Oh, uh, when the music goes fast? Yeah. When I just go around the level, maybe trying to do a certain thing over and over, and then, and then whoops, the time's going to go out. Better go, yes, go. <laughs> yeah. I think that's especially true in New Super Mario Bros. games, where you have yeah. to collect star coins. Star coins. That was... You have to explore the level, as if it were a, like a level in a 3D Mario game. That's a good point. Like, uh, 
one thing I forgot, um, is that New Super Mario Bros. U, I feel like the time limits were consistently 100 seconds too short for me. Hmm. Compared to other New Super Mario Bros. games? Um, I don't know that necessarily. Um, I don't... I kind of had the same problem in New Super Mario Bros. 2, and it's been too long since I played the other two. Hmm. Does, uh, does 3D Land have time limits? does, actually. Yeah, yes. Okay. And I feel like the time limits are almost unnecessary. Because you're exploring a 3D world. I feel like you should have as much time you want to, like, just take it all in. Yeah. Yeah. With a 2D side-scroller, pretty much everything you see on the screen is what the level's gonna look like. I don't think there are, are going to be any real surprises. I don't know. Um, I don't think I had any uh, real time limit issues with New Super Mario Brothers unless I was Star Coin hunting. Yeah. But uh, I, I've only played, you know, DS and Wii so far, so. Um. So maybe this is this is kind of a hard question for us as regular people, uh, but. Why do you think that it is fun to get in a crisis management state of mind when it's a game, um, when in real life it's like an awful feeling? Uh, because when you, when you get stressed out in real life, you're expecting real life consequences. Half life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool forward <laughs> away. <laughs> you're gonna get radiation poisoning from the quarter life, but no, seriously, like, when, when you're in real life, like, you only have one life, but in a video game, you can either save or try again with another, with another uh, life. And I think that's that's why video games are entertaining, because you can pretty much do, in a video game, what you can't do in real life. In real life, you have multiple chances. So it's a, it's sort of... Video games allow you to solve problems that you couldn't solve in real life. Mm-hmm. And, uh... At least all the consequences. Right. Mario yes. fan, is it, do you have any thoughts? Um, I suppose it's kind of like, uh... It's probably because the reward itself, you know, is what I'm going to say. Like managing to do all that within the time limit and then coming out strong, like yeah, go me. You don't think real life can be just as rewarding? Uh, <laughs> well, well you don't uh, get Pikmin in real life. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> you can get good things in real life, like a sense of accomplishment from doing something. I I don't know. I I I procrastinated on like every essay I had in high school. <laughs> You know, well, I, I, <laughs> maybe it's not school. Maybe it's just uh, a passion, like an artistic passion. A passion for procrastinating essays. <laughs> um, <laughs> not quite what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I had that in college. One time I finished an essay two hours before it was due, like a twelve page essay. Did you manage to do all twelve pages? Yeah. Oh. Oh, uh, I finished it. I didn't start. Oh. It. Oh, oh, you didn't yeah. have my <laughs> Um, Zan, like, do you have any thoughts on, like, why it would be fun to 
have stress in video games, but not in real life? Yeah, um, well, it makes more challenging and challenge and again like that, that can be fun. So you think video games are more challenging than real life? Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> oh, or, or, I meant or, or do you prefer the challenges video games have to offer over real life? Yeah, I'd say that. Alright. To be fair, uh, in real life, you never get a chance to kill a vampire, so you do have a point. And the, yeah. the challenges of real life are just mundane. In real life, you can't just, uh, wait. Wait. To do those challenges. Yeah, there's a lot of waiting in real life. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of waiting in the drawers now. So. <laughs> so since games are not just games, doesn't have consequences and stuff in real life, then that makes, that makes it more fun than real life challenges. Yeah, yeah that's the... That's the uh, interpretation I would stick with. Um, mm -hmm. You're not going to get fired if you don't kill a vampire. Or pay off your debt. Yeah. It, uh, this, this is why I wish the fiscal cliff were in a video game. We could just go, off to a, go, go to a far planet and get treasure from there. You know, that I, I, that is full circle. I like this. So, final question about Master of Darkness. Would you play... Uh, a sequel in the styling of Kirby's Epic Yarn. <laughs> Dr. Social's Epic Yarn? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> So uh, I guess that's all we've got for this time. I don't know how frequently we're going to do this. Um, I guess if you're listening to this, that means I've successfully found a place to upload the podcast. Um, <laughs> if if you want to check out the commune, um, it's pretty cool. We're open to anyone, uh, so long as you're not a vagabond. Um, we're at. <laughs> We're at forums.vgthought.com. Um, you can register, check us out. Um, you get a lot of spam registrations, though, so it might take a, a few hours for someone to come along and uh, uh, give you access. But you, you can be patient. 
But I want uh, a handbag uh, salesman bought to come on our podcast. Why can't we? You want a handbag salesman on the podcast? Yes. Oh, Can the we... Christian in the boats in high heels. <laughs> it could provide yeah, some pretty that, good insight. Um. <laughs> so, uh, I guess that's Shouty's final word. Uh, Wario fan, do you have any final words? Um. Don't spit against the wind. Good advice. Uh, Zan, do you have anything to say? <laughs> That's good. Uh, Alright, I'll see you around. All of the music used in this podcast was from Master of Darkness. One final note. During the recording, I always called on folks in alphabetical order, but that kind of gave Zan the short end of the answering stick. In the future, we'll try to even things out and switch up the answering order. Anyway, till next time.